You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, hello once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, March the 22nd, 2019, and this is your Weekly Wrap-Up. As usual, I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and as usual, joining us is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning. Um, you know, it's a frustrating sort of thing. we got everything kind of going our way, and everything is acting the way we might have expected it to, except for the price of gold, Okay. They got the economics going our way. We got the buyers of gold going our way, but somehow the price is going. And we will discuss why shortly. I suppose we probably will. Hey, if anything, uh, and you you get this from dedicated stackers all the time. You know, it's like, hey, if they're going to keep it on sale, I'm going to keep buying some. Uh, don't forget that the folks at Sprott Money, great deals that we've set up for the spring. What you want to do is you want to go to the Sprott Money website at SprottMoney.com. Look for the deals page. And you will find all kinds of great opportunities to stack some physical gold and physical silver. Just a little bit over spot. Always good stuff on the deals page. Call us 888-861-0775 if you'd like to do it the old-fashioned way. Or like I said, go to SprottMoney.com. Check it all out. Eric, interesting week. Yeah, we're up just a little bit. $8 in gold and about $0.08 in silver. But as you said fundamentally things are going our way with what now looks like a complete capitulation by the Fed, an inverted yield curve signaling recession. It sure looks like rate cuts are coming. I think we just have to be patient, don't you think? <laughs> well, that seems to be the operative word, doesn't it? Yeah. Everyone has to be patient. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised Well, when you think of the 180-degree uh, the turn from about three months ago. And we really haven't accomplished a lot in gold yet. And the more I think about what other people, what investors must be thinking in the world about what's happening here. And, of course, uh, they're all buying bonds and yields are going down. As you mentioned, the um, yield curve gets inverted. They're buying stocks. Uh, Quite frankly, I think they're buying gold. But, uh, you know, we have some forces at work in the COMEX that aren't quite uh, letting us get to where we we think we should be, but uh, I think the Fed capitulation uh, will work for us for quite a while here. And of course, we've seen the money printing in China. We see the ECB, oh my God, printing money. Like it's just, here we go again, you know? Right. And uh, where this world financially is going to be, like the, 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 the degree of Ponzi we're in is so incredible that you'd think, and, and I, I do see more and more people buying gold, but somehow, you know, we're not, uh, we're not getting the true manifestation of uh, where the price should be in the rigged markets. You know, Eric, it is interesting, though. You know, the way it's determined is to the trading of these derivatives, which have no connection to the price of gold at all. It's just simply, you know, if the supply of the derivatives and the demand for the gold exposure, I'm sure that'll pick up. You look around the world, though. I mean, you've got gold making new all-time highs in all kinds of other currencies, like the Australian dollar, very close in the Canadian dollar. And then we get the physical stories. Just last month, the Russians added a nice, uh, tidy 1 million ounces to their national reserves. That's 31 metric tons. The Chinese are out publicly disclosing their additions. Again, the Indians as well. I mean... The whole story looks pretty good. Well, that's what we were saying, that uh, most of the data tends to support a higher price of gold other than the price of gold. Uh, and the 31 tons is just a shocking number. I always like annualizing things like that, 360 tons a year. 
that's 10% of the world's gold supply, okay? And imagine what the Chinese might be thinking. Uh, excuse me, Russia's buying 31 tons, and we bought, whatever, 10 last month. Maybe we should be stepping it up here. Uh, and, of course, the fact that the other countries uh, are stepping in here and buying is uh, certainly bolstering the case here. And it, it's unfortunate that uh, uh, the price on the COMEX has reacted as they looked at things this morning. As Boy, the COMEX opens, and the minute it opens, the price of gold goes down. You know, and It's just everything you see in the world says to you that that uh, that it should go up, but then the COMEX opens and it goes down. And perhaps one of the, you know, more interesting things is I sit here and uh, I realize that as I, this morning, the, the German 10-year bond is yielding zero and almost going negative. And I'm trying to imagine, well, what does negative mean? How does that all work, you know? And, and I guess what it means is if you had negative 1%, you'd buy a 10-year bond and you'd pay something like 110 for it with the promise that after 10 years you get $100 back. You'd lose 1% a year. I just can't imagine. Well, how many fools are out there that would do that? Like, how is that possible that an investor could consciously do that other than, you know, somebody uh, saying, well, you know, at least I got the capital gain when it went from 100 to 110, which if it, there is a lot of capital gain going on here. The guys who own mm-hmm. the existing bonds, right? Right. They're all theoretically, theoretically making money, except that as the future unfolds, they're not going to make cash. They're going to be paying cash out. Yeah. So I just think in a negative interest rate environment, the value of gold uh should be rising dramatically here. And I don't know what's going to tip it off. I was reading some articles this week about, uh, unfortunately, the flooding that's going on in the States and how the food prices are likely to move up here. Maybe we end up getting some inflation and people start, you know, deciding they should own, particularly North America, uh, more of an inflation hedge, which gold is. And this thing could get uh, turned on in a hurry. We've talked about palladium before it hit 1600 this week. There's obviously a shortage there that might ignite something or maybe we should just cut to the chase. Maybe when the commercials finally cover the shorts, then we can take it up again. (laughs) Maybe, you know, it is interesting though, Eric, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what is going on with the central banks because, you know, I, it was just six months ago, you know, all these economists were talking about three or four more rate hikes this year. And you and I knew that was bunk. But they, everybody's reversed now. The ECB is now uh, loosening. The Fed is obviously going that direction. Uh, I, I, have they just simply capitulated? Is, is, is floating the stock market and all the liquidity that it takes to do that, is that just their only goal at this point? What, what do you think is driving uh, this about face by the central banks? Well, I have no doubt that it's about the stock market. I mean, the reason they changed the tune was the stock market almost went into a bear market as we approach late December. And they had to find a way around it. And of course, what best, better way than to say that, uh, you know, there won't be any more rate increases and there might be rate decreases and uh, get rates down so people can, again, buy homes and houses and whatever. I mean, I'm just, you know, getting back to the uh, negative interest. Imagine buying a house and some guy said, now we owe you interest because you bought this house. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to buy a couple of houses then, you know. Um uh, yeah, they capitulated. They, they are trying to keep it together. 
And it's interesting. When I look at the stock market and I watch various companies flounder, whether it's uh, Caterpillar, uh, Boeing, FedEx, Biogen, UBS, BMW, Air, oh my God, every day there's some stock taking a hit. And yet the market, miraculously, and these are not little companies. But at the end of the day, the stocks are higher. And, and it has to be the chance of investing where people are buying, as you say, derivatives, S&P futures, which covers all the 500 stocks. And notwithstanding, you know, one or two that day getting killed because their fundamentals are rotten, everything else gets pushed up. And ultimately, even the one that gets killed gets pushed up down the line because of that universal buying. So, I mean, there's a horror story in this market every day. And uh, yet some, and and they're bad horror stories. These are stories where stocks are going down 10, 20% in a day, big companies. So uh, obviously the Fed has uh, stepped in there and uh, given the green light to people uh, to, you know, carte blanche by the stock market. Yeah. And, and well, and Eric, you've talked about this on, on numerous occasions. I mean, the underfunding of all of the, the public pension plans here in the States, let's call the private pension plans of the 401ks. Nobody can afford to have another 50% correction. And I, it sure yeah. seems as if the central banks know that. Well, the funny trade off in all of this is as you drive interest rates down, yes, you get a capital gain on the bond. But as a going forward thing, you don't have any interest income. You know, if, if rates are zero, there's no interest income on your bond portfolio. Yep. And you have to rely on capital gains. And of course, the fact that rates go lower gave you the capital gains. So you're kind of holding, uh, holding your own there. And of course, by the same token, the interest rates going down helps stocks going up. But you imagine what the outlook is when all of a sudden your bond portfolio is yielding nothing. And all you have is stocks, and, and, and the bond portfolio is really telling you that there's economic weakness out there. And we see it every day. Yeah. It gets worse and worse. Today we had uh, European manufacturing PMI fell off the table. Uh, we see weakness in China. I mean, weakness in South Korea. I mean, you see weakness everywhere, for God's sake. Yeah. So it's, uh, ultimately that's going to play out. I guess the Fed will try their little game of, you know, keeping all the uh, the balls in the air and, uh, and trying to work their magic, but uh, you still got to have earnings in the final analysis to keep things uh, going. Yeah, Eric, let's wrap up like we usually do with a discussion of a few of the shares, which in general remain in a pretty solid bull run. Anybody can look at a chart of the HUI or the maybe the GDX, and you can see a a, a general uptrend that goes all the way back to August and September. So we're in a solid bull market there. Uh, we had one of our listeners write in this week and say, hey, I know that Kirkland Lake doubled in the last 90 days, but it's given back $3, and I think that's all because Eric sold some shares. <laughs> you, want to, uh, you want to address that well, one, my friend? Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, there's no doubt that I have uh, sold some shares recently. I've sold less than 10% of what I own. Uh, I purchased Kirkland at probably an average price of 5 or 6 bucks, and when it got to 48 I thought, you know, I should take a little off the table. I've held it all this yeah. time and not really sold any. Um, so I felt somewhat justified in uh, 
raising a little cash. And there are other investment opportunities around, many of which I've discussed here, uh, where you do need to raise money to invest in them. So that's something I've done. I still have 90% of my position. Uh, I'm excitedly waiting for our first quarter uh, production report. And, uh, of course, the production will tell you, in essence, uh, what the earnings should be. And I certainly hope that we do um, appropriately better than uh, the last quarter, which was pretty darn good as it was. The adjusted earnings were 51 cents a share. So I think everything's kind of on the up and up in, uh, in Kirkland. So I, I hope people don't be too much into my having uh, sold a little bit of it. Any of the other shares out there that caught your eye this week? Well, there's very little that I own that had news. The only company that had some news was a company called Silkmine Iron, which actually is a gold stock. It's drilling uh, for gold in uh, Newfoundland. And uh, they indicated that uh, I think it was seven of their holes hit visible gold, but we didn't get any um, assays done. So we don't know. This visible gold can, can vary a lot. So it could be anywhere from eight grams up to 800 grams. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's, we'll have to wait to see exactly how significant it was, but uh, looks good. The stock perked up a little. Um, that's, that's really the only company that put out any news so far this week. So uh, we'll have to, hopefully uh, a lot of the companies will report some kind of earnings and, and or uh, not earnings, but some uh, developments uh, next week and a lot more to chat about then. Yeah, and you would sure think higher prices make a lot of those projects more economic or economical, whatever the right word is. And uh, so higher prices for gold would certainly uh, serve to perk up a lot of those those shares that we've been following, no doubt about that. Well, you know, and in that front, I have purchased a few kind of oddball things that I typically wouldn't buy. Uh, one of them was Tudor Gold, put a little bit of money in that. That's a big low grade up in uh, the uh, Golden Triangle of BC, very low grade, like 0.6 or 0.8 of a gram. But... You know, if the price of gold wants to go up to some serious number, like two or three thousand dollars, if not more. Hey, those things all come back on the table. So that's yeah. that's kind of you have to have something like that in your portfolio just in case the big one happens. Even though we seem to be having trouble getting the lift in the Comex, <laughs> just getting the little one. No, I hear you. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, my friend, it's going to be an interesting week next week. We've got uh, the the front month. April contract on the COMEX, uh, the options go off the board on Tuesday, and then the contract goes off the board as well. So we always know that brings volatility. Got the, some, a lot of U.S. inflation data next week as well. So I think it'll be uh, interesting to check back in with you next Friday and see where we are. Never boring. That's for sure, my friend. And, and, and again, on your way out, everybody, please be sure to check out SprottMoney.com. Just go to that deals page. It's right there in the navigation bar at the top of the page. Check out some of the great deals we have for spring. Or, of course, just call us, 888-861-0775. Eric, thank you for your time. Again, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next Friday. Hey, Craig, all of us. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, you have a great weekend, too. And we'll talk to you next week. 